How do you measure yourself with other golfers? By height. It's a very, very special honor. I'm Paula Creamer, and you're listening. Well, we're waiting. Hi, this is Martin Cove, a.k.a. John Kreese from Cobra Kai, and you're listening to Golf Talk Live. Let the word go out from here across the land. Let Daddy Noonan uh, approve. Hey, this is Shooter McGavin. You're listening to the 19th Hole Podcast. It is the dog days of summer, and you have found Golf Talk Live's 19th Hole Podcast. I am Alan DePew, your host for the next 45, 50 minutes. Joined, as always, our panel keeps changing, but we have we have the A-team in here today. Brendan Elliott, back with us. Hey. Teaching, teaching extraordinaire. And... You only know him as the prettiest podcaster in golf, Christian Nazamus. <laughs> Took a hiatus, I think, last week, right? I mean, where were you? Uh, I, I don't even know what I did yesterday, let alone where I was last week. <laughs> you were probably taking a golf vacation, which is where we want to start today's show. Everybody's traveling. I've got Andrew out on the Cape. He's now sitting actually on, on uh, the monster seats up at Fenway, sending us pictures. I'm a little, I'm a little jelly. Um, we've got, uh, I was down on the outer banks. I'm going to give you a little report on that. We have a Tony Leodora sighting, the traveling golfer. Uh, he's got another bucket list addition. Uh, we don't know where Andy, Mr. Ever present. We don't know where he's at. So he's clearly no longer Mr. Ever present. And, uh, Bobby, Bobby's on the road so much. He just blew a tire. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> But talking about blowing a tire, so I take my car down. We, we, we stayed out on the four-wheel drive beach. For anyone who's never gone to the Outer Banks, and I don't want to tip this off because I don't want a lot of people showing up there because I, I like my peace and tranquility. The word's already out, though. Corova Beach in the Outer Banks, the Barrier Islands, is a four-wheel drive beach that is absolutely amazing. If you want to find a spot on Earth that society really has not touched, that's the place. Brendan, you ever been there? No, I can I can't say that I have. I, I mean, I, I could post a few more pics, uh, Christian, on on uh, social, but I mean, amazing. It's just it, it's literally. I've I've got my truck. I've got it parked. I got it backed up to the surf. We're we're sitting there. You know, there's a couple of beverages. Uh, we're we're you know, middle of the night, like one o'clock in the morning, and you're out there. And right now, as you know, is the major is the meteor showers. So you've got no light to encumber you. So you're sitting out there and, and just media, just meteors, comets are just nice. flying by. It was insane. Absolutely insane. But uh, I'm going to need some pictures, please. I can, I can, I can come up through with that, but the, here's the downside of this. I actually took two cars down because it, we are in the golf industry. We do have to work. We'll talk about that in a minute. I have to be back next Saturday because Somebody's coming to see me. Um, so we took two of my cars down and uh, I drove the second one, which is the escape. Never had a problem with it before. Yeah. I drove it about 300 yards onto the beach and buried it. Ooh, not good. Dude pulls up in a wrecker. Hey, need a, need a hitch. And looked at him. I said, do I have a choice? <laughs> so when Bobby sends us a text, Brennan, in our little group chat, it says about $75. I'm not feeling him because I had a three out oh. of three in front of the seven. That's what the guy dinged me for. 375. Thank you very much. And he even had a square on his phone that he could take this card to card right on the spot. And he pulled you a couple of feet. He pulled me a couple of feet and told me that he would follow me down the rest of the way down the beach if necessary. But, uh, you know, that's, I didn't want to get into it. I, I'm still bitter about it, Christian. <laughs> I would be too. I, I mean, I'm just, it, I never had problems with it before, but anyway, I want to talk golf. I want to talk golf. I want to talk. I played the Curatech club all the years I go down there. I finally get a chance to play the Curatech club. One of the top 25 golf courses in North Carolina. Um, I get out there with Brian Sherlock, shout out to Brian Sherlock, um, and tee off at three o'clock, big wide fairways, big greens, AD chopped it around like a Japanese steakhouse once again, <laughs> but, um, Brendan, they're saying they're putting through 
hundred rounds a day on an 18 hole golf course. And I realize that's the only time they're making their money because nobody's there in November. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but the greens, they were a little, they were a little beat up. I mean, this superintendent is literally throwing water. I mean, throwing a ton of water because it's a hundred degrees out, but uh, that's kind of our theme about uh, golf courses. I'd recommend the Cura Tech Club to anybody. So I just recommended a place to go for stay. I don't recommend in a golf course. I think we're going to have to make a road trip, Christian. I'm always down when it comes to a road trip with you, Alan. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, anyway, um, Tony, should we bring him in early in the show or should we wait? Because let's talk, let's talk a little traveling. Because what are you seeing down in Florida? I, we've got some buddies down there run other clubs. I'd love this good, would have been a good time to have Bobby on. He had blown blown a tire in turn three. Um, I'd love to hear what he's seeing. If the golf travel is the Canadian traffic still going? Is it still down there? Is it gone back at this point? I, I read an interesting article the other day. National Golf Foundation. Eighty percent of people said they're going on a golf trip this year. That's good. I mean, you you would have to think that that's the case with people being cooped up for so long, you know. Right, right. It it's it represents twenty billion dollars. Not to throw too many stats at everybody, but twenty billion dollars in golf in business generated off of this. Um, our good friend Steve Mays at the Founders Group, you know, he's talking about how their numbers are up uh, down in Myrtle Beach. Christian, you're getting a little. You're getting on the road next week. Where are you coming to, Christian? <laughs> I'm uh, I'm going to Manasquan, New Jersey. I'm going to be playing a nice little track called Eagle Ridge. Yes, and, uh, indeed. I'm going to go shoot the course record on oh. Saturday. <laughs> okay, now I now I got to harken back to last week. Now that I got you on the show, so we <laughs> we had a we had a we had a golf bro. Oh, that's yeah. right. Okay, he comes to the counter. And he goes, "Bro, what's the course record, bro?" <laughs> Did he say it just like that? Just like that. Wow. All right. I mean, so the I guys, so the guys instantly shooting 85. Okay. 85. <laughs> wow. You're generous. <laughs> you know, dude, you're being generous. So that's why we couldn't get off the bro thing, the whole last thing. And I'm like, I hope that's not like, I mean, do you take offense to being bros? I mean, that's kind of from your Gen Z kind of era. It's a total Gen Z type of thing. Absolutely. <laughs> At 100%. But your boy Andy, you know, your your you and Andy like to hassle a little go between. Your boy Andy, your boy Andy actually said, "There's no way in hell that Christian and Andrew would be bro because they can play, right? You, you you can freaking play, right? I mean, at the end of the day, Andy's my brother, brother. <laughs> He's your bro. <laughs> no, I, I mean Andrew and I call each other bro all the time. <laughs> Listen, I had a lesson with one of my younger kids last night, 12 years old, and he must have said bro, and within an hour, he must have said it 25 times. Yeah, it's, it's, such, it's such a common thing to say. It just kind of blurts it out. I say it to my dad sometimes. It just comes out. I don't even, you know, think of it. Well, and where it all started was Andy said something about I had a golf bro shirt on at the Cadence Corner golf outing. Mm-hmm. And I said, 110%, I was golf bro. <laughs> and then that led to, I said, whoa, 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 hashtag don't be that guy. Which, by the way, I'm going to just get that in there right now. Hashtag the greens, I, I, like I said, great golf course. Kudos to the to everybody at Curatech Club. Dude's thrown a lot of water. If they're getting all that play, the greens have been beat up. But I don't care. Pick up your damn feet. I mean, I had, a, I had a herd of elephants playing in front of me. These guys must have been scruffed. There was so many scruffs. So hashtag, don't be that guy. Pick up your feet. Got it out and replace ball marks, too. Jeez, oh, you yes. should come play my course. We're a private ah. club, and I think I fix at least 10 on every single green. It's like, come on, guys, get your shit together. So is that, a bon- is that a bonus, don't be that guy? Pretty much, yeah. Well, it's like, take well, care of your own club. Since we're on that, the bunker rake <laughs> thing, what's your theory – the rake in the cart or the rake next to the trap? No, 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 no. Did you see next to the trap? 
No, wait a minute. Did you just see which club was it that just recently came out and said they're not going to put rakes out anymore? Um, mm. It was a notable. It was a notable club. So out of that conversation, I talked Christian. You're going to see next week. We literally only have one rake and any bunker. And the reason, I, we, even though these bunkers, it may be a 30 yard bunker, but there's only one rake in the bunker. And the reason being, people don't date rake the damn bunker anyway. Mm-hmm. I want to say it right now. I think golfers are the laziest people on the face of this earth. If I'm being quite honest with you, especially on the golf course, no, my, a, no, good, my, my a, a good chunk. I agree. Especially on the golf course. I don't even know why there are rakes by bunkers because people don't rake them. They rake them with their foot after they're done hitting it. And, and okay. And so, so there you go. Let's keep going with this. And if you rake it with your foot, you're pretty much got the same thing as if these see these people are using their rake, but they're really not using the rake effectively. Hundred percent. So the point yeah, is, not, I have yeah. the rake. It's so it's just like, why do you have the rake? Yeah, it's just like trying to replace a ball mark. People think that you got to stick your divot tool in and then pop the grass up. It's not the right way of doing it. You got to put your, you got to pop the divot tool in and then move. You, you got to move it in the other way. on that. Please give us a huh? give us a no, I'm just saying because you got to help the supers out. You know what I mean? They bust their ass as it is right now, and you yes, know they do. And and it's really uh, it's really a shame that people don't end up uh, taking care of the golf course as they said, especially private clubs. Again, the one I belong to, the, the the super over there does an absolute phenomenal job. Right? He is arguably one of the best superintendents in all of Syracuse, New York. And the amount of ball marks that we fix on the greens is disgusting. As a private club. It's sickening, it's disgusting, and it should be addressed every single season, every week, every time you go out on the golf course, bend over and fix your ball mark. Mr. Elliott, as a shaper of future young golfers in Little Linksters, shout out to Little Linksters, a little shameless plug for your, uh, your oh, thank not, you. not for profit. Okay. Do you actually do an etiquette class with them? We, we always touch on that, especially in our PGA Junior League classes, that because, you know, you're talking about dragon feet on the green, for example, and a lot of people might equate that to more seasoned golfers, uh, but the kids are just as bad, probably worse. And here's a great example. So we did a wedge clinic on one of our camp days. We spent the whole time hitting wedges on, the, on the, with this back wedge area we have on the range. And we were just tearing it up, but the kids were really good. In fact, they would go refill the sand buckets that we had on the carts just so we could keep, you know, making sure everything was, was tip top. And you know why the kids know that is because they're one of the first groups that get looked at when people are questioning ball marks on the green or the not filling divots. Absolutely. All the time. It's always the kids fault. Yep. So yeah, it, I, I, yeah. It's gotta it's gotta be addressed anytime, regardless if it's a kid starting or somebody just picking up the game at 30, 40 years old. Those are the things that have to be taught when they're just getting started in the game. I, I agree hundred percent. Honestly, I don't even think it's the kids at the end of the day. I think kids are actually fixing them more. Yeah. I think it's I, I think it's the middle aged men that don't want to replace their ball mark at the right. end of the day or rake a bunker when they hit into it. Pretty much. Or replace a divot. That's my other biggest pet peeve, too. The course tells you to replace a divot. Every course is different, obviously. Some some tell you to put sand back. Some tell you to replace divots. Just take care of golf course at the end of the day, period. Because well, you got guys out here busting their ass to do make this yeah. course look great at the end of the day. And you're paying money to come play it. I understand that. But at the end of the day, you got to take care of the golf course. Because if you want to come play a nice quality golf course every single time you want to put your golf shoes on and come out here and shoot 85, then take care of the golf course. Again, or the, just uh, disregarding generous on the, the eighty five once again. Okay, <laughs> disregarding cart signs or ropes around. One hundred percent. You know, people oh, right dude. up on the edges of the green. Bro, 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 let me tell you, <laughs> take we have Christian knows he's played there, right? And and by the way, here's here's the funny story. Okay, so you're going down to see family, right? Yeah, man is gone, and we're we're probably I don't know. 15, 20 minutes from probably closer to 20 minutes from Manasquan. And your brother-in-law goes, yeah, we're going to go play this golf course, Eagle Ridge. <laughs> so he just randomly chose the best golf course in central New Jersey, just saying. Um, we have a couple <laughs> of holes that are blocked off with timbers, you know, mm -hmm. 
they take the damn timbers down, throw them to the side so they can drive their carts on the restricted carts. And, and the reason, the only reason they're restricted, the fairways on those couple of holes are so narrow yeah. and, and, and the fescues, they will destroy the fairways if they drive carts over them. God forbid, God forbid we're trying to have the golf course nice for them. But everybody do your job at the end of the day. Yeah, no doubt. You know. Anyway. Anyway, so Andrew also he like we said, he was up in Cape Cod. He played uh, where did he say Plymouth? Good little I think it was Plymouth. Probably took a few mulligans, shot even par, like he always does. You know how it yeah. goes down. Come on. Yeah, a yeah. couple, couple of mulligans here and there. Like, oh, yeah, that tree's blocking me. I get a club length because it's wet. I get to move it, you know. <laughs> then he hits it on the green. You know, that five foot, oh, yeah, I make that all the time. That's good. That's good. On to the next hole. He did it with us when we were up. Dude. <laughs> I, weighed, I weighed so much on his back during the member guest up at his place. I oh, I know. I know. He told I me he to. that you actually told me you didn't even show up. That's what he told me. Mm. He told me that you didn't even come to play. He told me that he carried your ass both days. Well, it was a three day event, so I showed up the third day when okay, we were third day. Sorry. I am Rory. I'm Rory McElroy. I show up when I'm out of contention. Yeah. He's not wrong. <laughs> he told me he putted like shit too at the end of the day. So didn't putt well. I'll tell you what. You know who's a better putter than Andrew? Allison. Wow. Mm. You should have seen her yesterday when we played a couple days ago when we played. Honestly, was she, dropping, she was making was she putts dropping, from everywhere. Wait a minute. Was she dropping bombs? Because you probably have your perfect practice putting that. You know, we, we really mm, have yes. worked on the putting a lot lately. The official putting, putting aid of Golf Talk Live in the 19th Hole podcast, just like I'm holding in my hand. See that? I put the official golf tee. That's you know, I do need some tees, Alan, this weekend. So I, I might have to sneak a couple of those out of your uh, out, of, out of the shop. All right. All right. Like, I'm not even bringing my clubs either. My mom, my mother is bringing my dad's clubs up from Virginia. Do you, I'm, do you need me to order in some Cadet Smalls? <laughs> <laughs> ladies no, it's all right. I got my, I got my, I got my ladies' large copper top glove here ready to rumble for the weekend. All right. Enough rambling. Let's bring, hey, I'm going to throw it over to Tony. He's out in Idaho. Tony, take it away with this month's bucket list. This month's Tony's Bucket List comes to you from a state, well, maybe not too many of you have been to the state of Idaho, but it's got some great sights, some great golf, and this month's Bucket List is Circling Raven Golf Course, the number one rated course in all of Idaho, right at Coeur d'Alene Casino and Resort, on the Coeur d'Alene Indian Reservation, not too far from the town of Coeur d'Alene. You may know about that course with the floating green out there. That's a different golf course. This is a wild and woolly golf course on the hills in the middle of, well, not much else. <laughs> All put together by great architect Gene Bates, who did so much great work in the 90s and 2000s in the western part of the United States. And we have David Von Brethorst, the head golf professional, with us. David, Circling Raven certainly is a bucket list course for a lot of people, and it was mine. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's a special place to play golf. The, as you experienced today, the uh, 18 holes, championship-style golf course, the challenge of, especially today, the wind with you. Uh, but what Gene did here it makes it a place that people from all over the world come out and want to play. Well, it's a very impressive piece of property, not just naturally beautiful, but also huge. The parcel of land he was given is, well, beyond what anybody else would imagine as far as uh, architecture goes. You hear about little tiny courses like Marion, one of the most famous courses in America. It's only a little over 100 acres. Uh, 
circling raven a little bit bigger yeah absolutely most courses like you said 100 to 125 acres we're on 625 acres of property just for the golf course and the practice facility there's seven and a half miles of cart path out there uh, and then as you saw when you're out on the course you get on that back nine and every hole is a hole unto itself uh, it's private. It feels like you're golfing all by yourself out there. And like I said, 625 acres, he had a lot to do with. Uh, he did an incredible job, though, of keeping the natural beauty of the land, uh, built the golf course into the rolling hills and left a lot of the native areas. And so what we get every day out here is just a truly unique experience. Now, you say it's private, but it's private in the atmosphere, not the fact that uh, it's private membership. It is a resort golf course. Anyone can play here. Anyone can come here for the day or stay because it's only steps away from the Coeur d'Alene Casino and Resort to hotels right there. Very nice property. And that makes it the kind of place that people can come to for a couple of days, maybe even a week and enjoy themselves because the golf just doesn't get any better than this in Idaho for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Our theme here and our motto is welcome home. And that's the Coeur d'Alene tribe's motto because we like to welcome people in. Uh, we have uh, tons of people that come play three, four days in a row, uh, stay at the hotel. We have five, six restaurants on property. Um, not to mention we also have a spa, you know, the hotels have the workout facilities. So we really are all inclusive, but we are public and we welcome anybody and everybody to come out and experience Circling Raven. A couple of things uh, to talk about on the golf course side of it. Number one, some of the finest pure bent grass greens I have putted on anywhere this year. Absolutely. Our maintenance, they do an incredible job. We've had a really dry spell and hot spell, but they get out, they hand water, spot water, mow, roll, do all of those things um, and keep those greens true. And you talk about favorite holes on the golf course. Uh, architects often use the old thing, well, you know, I, I have 18 signature holes. We know that, <laughs> you know, they're, they're marketers. But I feel the same way about this course. I can't pick my favorite hole. I liked all 18 holes. They were a different experience on all of them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the things that I love about this course is almost every hole presents a new challenge and a shot that you have to execute. And they're not unfair shots. They're, they give you exactly what you need to do. We have probably the toughest par threes in the region. Um, that have some forced carries, but again, they're fair, challenging, and make you have to imagine in your head, what do I want to execute here? How do I want to bring this into the hole? And how do I want to play it? And you walk away, you know, usually feeling pretty good. At least one or two of those holes, you can pull off the shot that you're trying to hit. Yeah, there's some beautiful downhill vistas on those par threes. Uh, there are some really intriguing holes. Number 10, a shortish par four. Well bunkered and guarded, but some of the big hitters try and drive that green. There is a big fairway. Uh, there is a big tree yeah. in the middle of the fairway, and you have to sort of maneuver your ball around that, but it's a lot of fun. It is, and it's kind of nice because when you come into number 10, you're just coming off of number 9, which you know playing today <laughs> is probably the hardest hole on the course, uh, up to 480 yards par 4 if you're playing from the tips. Uh, with a pretty tight fairway, native land down the left. And so you come off of that sometimes feeling a little challenged of, man, that was maybe one of the toughest holes I've played ever, but especially on this course. And then 10 does open up, and we love to watch people sit there and try to drive that green. We see a lot of balls in the bunkers, but we see a lot of people pull that shot off, yeah. and then they're on and, on and one and putting for eagle. All right, folks, listen to me. This was one of my bucket list courses for so many years. It's number 907 on my list of courses that I've played. <laughs> it should be on your bucket list, and it's pretty convenient. You can fly into Spokane, Washington, just about 40 minutes away, drive down here. You can visit the town of Coeur d'Alene while you're here, a beautiful place. Uh, but, boy, there is really all the golf and all the fun you can have at the casino and hotel right here. Come and see David 
Come and see the rest of the people at Coeur d'Alene. They say welcome home. It really is. Absolutely. We'd love to see everybody. Thank you for coming out and playing. Thank you, Tony. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So here's the question. When I say the number one golf course, Brendan, in Idaho, everyone naturally thinks of the Coeur d'Alene Resort. Of course. And it's, and it's not. It's, it's circling Raven, where Tony was, number one golf course in Idaho. And the golf course, Christian, is stretched over 625 acres, as he said. One, 18 holes, 625 acres. That's, that's kind of spacious. Yes, sir. Yeah, just a little bit. It's a little spacious. You know, <laughs> definitely not crammed. I can tell you that. <laughs> no, not at all. Can you, can you imagine the carts? Getting, oh my gosh. Trying to get around there. Oh, man. <laughs> Take you a long time. Brennan, you ever played out there? Ever been out to Idaho or any of that area? I know Bobby has because Bobby's like a world traveler of the golf. But I think Bobby's played in every state. Yeah. Including Alaska. He liked Alaska. But have yeah. you ever been out, have you ever been out there? No, I have not. I've never been west of Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> I know, Christian, I gotta fly. <laughs> You're not a flyer, huh? I don't fly. No, he never flies. He would drive to California if he could. Or take a train. Yeah, no. I would fly everywhere I, I can get I a chance. A I'm flying. I took the I took the auto train to Florida one time. Oh God. Wow. <laughs> just hop it. Like I from Philly to Orlando. There's a direct flight. Just hop in it and just be there in just two really, hours. Gets up really high though. I don't like just it. drink. You'll be fine. Just so have a just couple take drinks. Take a Xanax. Then again, or then again, driving, up, hey, you know? then again, driving back from OBX today, I went over to the Chesapeake Bay, Bay uh, Tunnel Bridge. Mm, I hate that. I hate that. Mm. That thing's that thing's right. Did you know? Uh, here, I'm going to pull this one. Did you nor? Uh, did you know there, uh, Normie, that uh, the Chesapeake Bay Bridge Tunnel is uh, got the most uh, deaths uh, annually because people have heart attacks out on that thing. They get so freaked out driving across that 19 miles of uh, bridges that they that people suffer tragically. Anyway, let's move on. I'm just rambling. Okay, so let's talk. What's what kind of news we got? Is, is there playoffs coming up? Is the playoffs going to be interrupted? The answer is no. Nope. Because this, they file a lawsuit. Liv files a lawsuit in uh, California, expecting to get a, a victory, and they got crushed. Mm -hmm. Well, did you guys? really see that coming into play that they were going to let these guys I don't care where the, I don't care if it was in California or Texas or wherever did you really see that happening I loved I'm not going to lie from a from a layman's legal perspective I love that Liv filed it out there and obviously California tends to be a little bit more liberal in, in their in mm -hmm. their thought pattern but they filed it out there and the logic was because more PGA tour events are played there than anywhere else that's why they filed it there. And yet they got shot down. They got shot down hard when they're getting paid to come in dead last $120,000. I think the judge said, show me the hardship. Why should I grant an injunction when, when you guys are making so much money and you've got these yeah. contracts? And yeah. what was interesting about it was they contradicted themselves and said the contracts the winnings aren't coming out of the contract, but then the, then they turned back around and said, but they are coming out of the contracts. So, you know, which is it? Is it, is, are, are these, are these secured contracts ahead of time or are they not? Well, they, they had part of, was it the press conference in Portland where it, it was Pat Perez and I can't remember who else was up there. And one of the legal, I thought it was the PR person, but I think it, I read something that it was one of their legal counsel when that question was asked about money coming out of their guaranteed money for prize money. And uh, I think it was Brooks tried to answer. And then someone from the legal team for live came up and clarified and said that it does not. But then here, like you said, they contradict themselves in this. But, but it was funny, Christian, I don't know if you've you read any of the excerpts from this. I mean, apparently both sides were contradicted. It's like, oh, it's yeah, like yeah. Even, even some of the tour lawyer, the PGA Tours lawyers were making points that made live sound more realistic. I mean, it sounded like it was a shit show. 
Yeah, I mean, I won't lie to you. I didn't read any of it. I, I saw it on TV, obviously, but it's uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's it's just kind of more so just like a bickering match between the two organizations. Do you know what I mean? Like now you have players yeah. that are really kind of bitching about you know their friends. Really, I mean, look at Billy Horschel. Billy Horschel has made a lot of comments this week about oh, how like he'll never see him again and so forth, and you know all this other stuff. You know, so well, the- yeah. Before you hopped on, we were talking about it. They tried to make a, a story out of something today, in, in fact. Uh, we're recording Thursday, by the way. They tried to uh, – Brendan, do you want to give the background on that? Um, which which conversation was this before we went on? <laughs> Cam, and, Cam and Scotty. Oh, yeah. So, so, yeah, Christian, I don't know if you saw any of the action today, but Cam and, and, and Scotty, I think it's – well, yeah, because they're one, two in the in the points. They were paired together, and Alan, you had told me that there were high. There was a high five that happened previous hole, and then the next hole, it looked like um, Scotty had stepped on the line of Cam, and Cam had kind of had this quick look up at him as he's walking by, and the yeah, press like a, just like a, jumped. yeah, like a like a WTF look, right? Yeah. And the press was all over it. You got memes all over social media of Cam looking up at Scotty and people just trying, when I say people, media and social media folks that like to just keep pressing this thing, just trying to keep it going and keep it going. Keyboard warriors. Yeah. 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 It's going to be interesting really quick on Cam Smith to see what happens with him. I think he's pulling a Brooks, if I'm being honest. I purposely think he's trying to play in the FedEx Cup to try to win it try to get that 15 mil and then sign with live directly after the FedEx cup playoffs. I, if I'm being honest, I don't disagree with you. But what about president's guy, cup? Honest. What about president's cup? Because if he does it next or let's just say right after East, Lake, like as soon as that's done and he says, I'm going, he's immediately out of the president's cup. Correct. Yeah. Unless he wants to just, you know, play in the president's cup, obviously, which he can clearly do. I mean, yeah. I think the Europeans are already at a disadvantage personally. I think the Honestly, Americans are going to whoop them. Internationals. International. I think they're going to absolutely demolish them, mm-hmm. this President's Cup, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Um, you know, but maybe Cam wants to play in it. Maybe Cam doesn't really care about it. You know what I mean? I, I have no idea what, what goes on in Cam's head, right? I, I think it's a done deal personally, but I think Cam told them ahead of time, I'm playing in this FedEx Cup playoffs. I'm going to try and win it. Because already he's, I don't think he's going to be able to play or have that mindset of either winning, you know, the next event at live or whatever. I'm just curious to see how it all pans out. So he's he's an interesting, you know, case study Mm -hmm. in in the fact that if you turn the clock back to March at the players, he actually gives a statement and said something to the effect of, uh, what are you going to do if you win $15 million or whatever the purse was? And he goes, I don't know. Go fishing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, again, not- it's, it's when you get offered this large amount of money, like how I don't understand how these guys say no to it. Do you know but what then, I mean? But then yeah. life changes. Cause now he went, then live kicks off. People's making money. They're black. They're, they're, they're talking about money everywhere. Everything's money, 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 money. Right. And then what changes for Cam specifically is he wins the the open championship. Correct. Yeah. Now hands down. Now he's got an exemption for you know forever basically at the open championship and for the next five years uh, at every one of the other majors. This is this is the biggest this is the biggest loss the PGA will have to date. Yep. Right. Um, oh there's been a lot of big names that have left. Okay. The Bryson's, the Phil's, the DJ's, Brooks. Okay. But this is hands down the biggest loss in the PGA. And I think the PGA right now, in my opinion, is starting to shit themselves a little bit, if I'm being honest, because, you know, now you have a top 10 player, top five player in the world that is leaving. Okay. That everybody loves. Okay. Cam Smith right now is probably one of the hottest guys on tour you when it comes to likability. Arguably the number one player in the world. Exactly. Right. From likability. Um, just the way that he gets in that mindset. Okay, everybody loves the mullet. Everybody loves the mustache. I do. I just love the way he plays golf, too, at the end of the day. Regardless of how he acts off the golf course, I just love the way he plays golf. I think single-handedly right now when he gets in that mindset of of nobody can touch me, 
nobody can touch him. I don't care how good the player is. I don't care if it's Scotty. I don't care if it's I don't care if it's John Rahm, Rory, whoever it is. Nobody's beating him when he gets in that mindset, right? This is the huge loss to the PGA if it's actually confirmed. I'm not saying it is, but if it actually is confirmed, it's the biggest loss to the PGA right now to date. And the so, number I've heard is 100 mil for for him. I've heard a couple. I said, yeah. yeah, I heard 130. Yeah, I've heard 130, 125, 100 million. You know, but again, if Cam if Cam wants that money up front, okay, I don't know what's going to happen moving forward. But Cam right now can play in the Open for the next X amount of years. He can play. You know like, I mean? He can play the Open Championship till he's sixty. If Cam wants to play in just Open Championships, and then you know, he can he can go win X amount of live golf tournaments if he wants to, and if that's all he cares about, and the money aspect of it, he's already got yeah. enough money. You know to last a lifetime pretty much with how much he's won recently. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. If you, if you take into account all the guys that have gone so far with the exception of maybe DJ, um, they had this MO, like we've talked about this several times. They're guys who are at the tail end of their career, guys who haven't done much in the last couple of years, but he's flipping the script. So let's just say this is a done deal, but he's not going to, because they haven't suspended people until they pl- actually play in an event. So say he wins the FedEx Cup, you know, and wins the Tour Championship and the FedEx Cup and Player of the Year, then then you've got a real case for others that don't fit the mo that we've had so far of going to live. Which, which by the way, the before we before we respond to that, the next guy I had we had on our list here was Bubba, who does fit that. Correct. Completely. Yeah. And who just subsequently just resigned? They were actually. I don't. I'm not trying to change the topic without going back to the camp thing. But Bubba was catching heat because he pretty much had already declared he was. He already said he's going there, and he hadn't because he had not hit a tee shot yet in a live event. They had not suspended him. So there's guys that were sitting at like uh, number 126, 27, what have you. And there was a big social media push for like, Bubba, come on. What are you, what are you guys doing? So Bubba resigned. So these guys, yeah. could, these guys could get in. That's how he Rick, made Ricky his, Fowler's he made happy announcement. about that. Yeah. yeah. 125 boy. 125 on the money. I mean, like, again, though, it's. But back I to, do, go ahead. I don't know. I just want them to come up with it. I just want them to, to, to work together at the end of the day. Right. I, I don't at I, this point. I, yes. Yeah. I think it's almost hurting the game right now, if I'm being honest. Um, you know, there, there could be a, a like a, a law or whatever, however you want to word it, you know, that says that like if live players go over and play in a PGA tour event, PGA shouldn't have to pay them with how much money they've gotten from live. And there's, there, there's gotta be some type of agreement that they can work out eventually where players now can, you know, play, on the PGA tour. Right. Um, there's gotta be something that, that can be done moving forward. I just think again, at, at the end of the day, it's hurting the game. It all, comes back to world, it all comes back to world golf rankings and the right. world and the world golf rankings. Cause it, it comes back to two things, world golf rankings. And that subsequently determines the next thing, which is, can they play in majors? If right. the majors allow the live players to, to play, the PGA tour is done. My opinion. It, yeah, I don't, I don't disagree, if I'm being honest. I mean, again, though, it's going to get to the point where it's going to be like, you know, we're going to be bickering about this in five years. Like, no offense, I'm tired of watching it on Golf Channel already, if I'm yeah. being honest. It's like it was cool when it first started, but now it's, what, Liv's been, a, Liv's been alive now for, what, three, four, Wait. five months maybe, at, yeah. at least. You know what I mean? So, you know, at the end of the day, it's just like almost just like, come up with an agreement or just stop talking about it every day, pretty much. And like, but the media is the media. They're always going to continue to talk about it pretty much at the end of the day. Before you, before you hopped on, before you hopped on, Brendan, I'm like, well, I guess we got to talk about live. We don't want to, but everybody else is. So we got yeah, to. everybody else is, you know, again, every, every time you bring up the, just the word golf in general, Oh yeah. Live this, live that PGA tour, this, it's just like people, uh, you know, and the thing that, I, I dwelled on it afterwards, but the thing that pissed me off the most was that it takes away from the U.S. Open. Yeah. It was taking away from the Open Championship. Do you know what I mean? Even after Cam Smith won, people immediately asked about Liv. 
Oh, is he going to go to live? Is he going to do this? Is he going to do that? Live's a tour, period. At the end of the day, live is another golf tour. Live is an exhibition. Exhibition. Okay. That's right. my opinion. That's all it for is. For now. For now. I yeah. think it's an ex. Yes. Do I think it will ever be to a tour level? I don't know. Frankly, I don't care. If I'm being unfor- honest, like, unfortunately, it's what do- has dominated the news, like you're saying, this entire golf season, which is very absolutely. Important. And by the but way, just- I, I'm like, I'm making a, a statement here. I don't care if they play 54 hole events or 72 hole events. They are getting 20. The customers getting 25 percent less product. <laughs> we will say that. I don't care. There is a lot of there is a lot of precedence. There's a lot of you know smaller tour PGA golf professionals playing 54 hole events. All of our section championships are 54 hole events for the most part. I don't care about. That. I care about the guys putting out to win the live championship at wherever, and he's holding out number 12 because the shotgun hasn't finished on number 12. That's stupid. I'm sorry, Greg. Fix it. That's bullshit. I, I don't disagree with you on that. I think that I think the shotgun's kind of BS, if I'm being honest. Because when I think of shotgun, I think of charity golf events. I think of captain and crew events. I, I get that, right? And there are flaws that he has that he has to fix. However, last thing I will say is that you can't you can't dictate Greg Norman's career as well as Phil Mickelson's career just because of this. If there are talks of them taking them out of the Hall of Fame, that is incredibly disrespectful, if I, in my personal opinion. I do not think they need to be taken out of the Hall of Fame. I think well, what they've done out of the out of the forty plus years they had on tour, or how, you can't you can't dictate that off of the last couple months, in my I, opinion. I don't disagree with you at all. I, I do find it interesting. I can't, and I I wish I had it. So maybe one of you two could look it up real quick. Eleven guys filed for the antitrust. One of them has already withdrawn his name from that lawsuit. Oh, really? I did not hear that. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know who that is, but I did hear that. Yes, I remember but who I'm it just, is removed his name from the from the antitrust lawsuit but hey there's other golf news and and, and we're already closing in on coming to the getting close to the 18th tee. fedex playoffs are going to begin anybody got any thoughts i mean they're, they're they're playing so yeah we're recording thursday and i see ricky's at five under and leads at eight so i i'm man i tell you I, I wrote an article for a website that i do some stuff with and my my three that i was looking at were Cam, um, Finau, and Rory. And Scotty, early into today's round, I haven't checked since, but he was like three or four over at the turn. So right. Scotty's coming and limping into this. Um, and anything can happen in the playoffs because the points, have quad they quadruple right. starting right. this week. So right. you could have guys that are sitting in, you know, 80 what? spot, 100 spot even. That's how, Fee, that's how that's how Finau got into it last year because, I mean, Correct. Yeah. Into, into the mix. I also saw an interesting one. I'm glad you mentioned Tony. He's now played 10 sub-70 rounds of golf, I believe, mm-hmm. right, The in a row. The mm-hmm. only other player, to the closest guy to him, Tiger, 14. So if he goes this tournament, sub-70, <laughs> that's the kind of heater that he's got going right now. There, there was two players that I circled before this FedEx Cup playoff started that I thought could realistically have a chance of winning at East Lake. And first one was uh, Shahid Thagala. Mm, yeah, and the like second, second one was Sam Burns. Right. I think Sam Burns is one of the best players in the world. Top 10, I think, personally, my opinion. But I do think that when, again – when he's in his own element and he's playing good golf, I do think he's tough to beat. Okay. Those were two of my dark horses to, 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 to win it. Right. Um, so your guys, your two guys yeah. right now, since it's the unique op- opportunity here that we're recording on a Thursday, you've got the gala is seven under one out of the lead and mm-hmm. Burns is at five under he's tied for eight. Yeah. So good picks. The really good picks. Yeah, I mean they were they were dark horses, obviously. You know what I mean. But at the end of the day, you have to you can't just automatically assume like, oh, shit. Okay, Scotty Shuffler is going to automatically win this because he's number one player in the world. Well, no, Scotty shot one over. Currently, he's tied for like eighty sixth or ninetieth right now. At the yeah. you know what I mean. Jordan Spieth again, another top player in the world. Same with same with Rory McIlroy. Sorry, they didn't do shit today. I know it's yeah. the first tournament of the FedEx Cup, obviously, but 
Did you right did you, now they're outside looking in as far as the cut goes in the first tournament? Did you hear did you hear Rory last two weeks? Yeah. He didn't go to the gym. Oh, yeah, he didn't, he didn't do anything healthy. He didn't. He, did, yeah. he just he pretty, <laughs> he pretty much went into you know his man cave. So Christian, I gotta ask you. I told you there's gonna be a mystery topic. Here's the, here it is. What's up with your boy Ricky? He and his caddy part ways, and the caddy says the dude can't make a cut. So it actually the firing may have been the other direction, is what is being indicated. What say you, oh prettiest podcaster? I mean, if, if Ricky needs a caddy, call me. First off, no, seriously. I mean, um, it, it does. It didn't really surprise me that they parted ways. I mean, you look at every long lasting caddy on the PGA tour, you know, look at Stevie and tiger, right. They parted ways bones and Phil, they parted ways. Right. It's just like, it almost is like no caddy ever lasts forever. Right. Unless you're like, you know, Furyk and his caddy. Right. Or if, if you're Spieth and his caddy at the end of the day, right. Greller. But I, I, it, does, it didn't really surprise me. At the end of the day, I think something in Ricky's inner circle needed to change in order him to somewhat play good golf, right? He was playing like dog shit. I mean, there's no other way of putting it. He was playing like absolute garbage for a long, long time. And that did not probably sit well with him. It didn't sit well with a lot of his fans either. His fans wanted him to succeed. So if this is, again, if this is something that like his, what are the odds that he, he either fired his caddy or his caddy quit, right? And now he's shooting five under in the first event. Maybe that was something that Ricky needed. I don't know. Right okay, now. it's always it's it's always different. Again, it's always a change of scenery. Okay, I look at baseball for example. I'm going to give an analogy of Joey Gallo. He was absolute a dumpster fire with the Yankees, right? Batting 100, uh, 132, right? And now he's batting well over 300 right now with the Dodgers after we traded him. Just hit a home run a couple nights ago. It's just a change of scenery. That's that might be what Ricky needed. Yeah. I don't know. Brandon, were you more shocked that Zalatoris fired, fired his caddy? I, I, when I first heard it and didn't read anything into it and, or hear what he had to say or what his caddy had to say, yeah, I was. Um, but this could be the same uh, situation with Ricky with the long, long-term relationship that him and his caddy had. But what Zalatoris said is they be, they're so tight on and off the golf course that stuff from – off the golf course was starting to bleed into them as employee employer type of situation. And that can become difficult. So they don't, they don't seem to have any beef, you know, it was just a decision, a business decision uh, that had to be made for, for his sake. And there was, there doesn't seem to be any hard feelings. The Ricky thing. I don't know. It's interesting what you said. I didn't look at it that way with, well, the player's not making any cuts, which means he's not making any money, which means the caddy's not making any money. So that's that's an interesting spin on that thing. But those guys have been together for a very long time. So, Yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting. I don't know. I, the Zalatoris one shocked me a little bit more personally than than Ricky's. But, again, at, at the end of the day, I mean, Ricky, Ricky changed putters this week as well on top of it. And he got and he changed caddies. So, at the end of the day, the 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 margin of winning or missing the cut on the tour is so minute that anything that will change the mindset that that, that they they need to explore it without question. I I agree. All right, eighteenth green, flag stick in hand, um, Mr. Elliott, what you got? Closing thought. Um, it was really cool to see the women at Mirfield last week. Um, and you know, when, when you get, um, a player like Ashley, uh, Buhai, South African, um, looked up to Ernie Els, looked up to Gary player uh, throughout her career. She's been a pro for 13 years. She's had a lot of success on the lady sunshine tour, uh, a lot of success on the European ladies tour, but she, that's her first win, a major on the LPGA tour, uh, she played fantastic in the second and third round. I think it was like 65, 64 um, putted lights out on Saturday. And I think it was 24 putts or something in those conditions with the wind, which is very tough to do. I think windy putting is one of the hardest things to do. 
And despite a 74-75 in the final round and four-hole playoff, she got it done. That's just perseverance, just believing you're just following the process, continuing to believe in yourself. And eventually, for people that do that, they pull out victories and major championships are possible. So it's a good week for her. Good week for the LPGA, but yeah, in general, Christian, what you got? Yeah. Uh, again, you know, um, you know, I say it every week, guys, you know, continue, please follow us on, uh, on social media, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, you know, we got a lot of great stuff obviously coming the rest of this year. Hopefully it's great content for you guys, whether you listen to it, you know, going in to work in the morning or at night, um, you know, please just continue to uh, to follow us on this journey. Anything we can do, obviously, to to be better. Um, we're we're yeah, always open to that stuff. Yeah, give us feedback. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, my, just my last thing, really quick. Uh, just a quick shout out, uh, hometown boy from uh, from Syracuse, New York, Kevin Roy on the uh, Corn Ferry Tour. He's been playing really good golf as of late, and uh, he's been knocking on the door. Would love to see him win one. Hopefully, get on the PGA Tour eventually. Um, just he's playing phenomenal right now. So. Yeah, uh, that's all I got. Cool. I'm going to actually piggyback away off of very loose correlation here. I was I found it pretty cool. If everybody thinks about some of the best golf swings on the PGA Tour, Adam Scott constantly comes to the top of that list, right? He was asked recently, what happens with Adam Scott? Mr. Smooth and Silky goes offline. He watches Inby Park. He puts, his, puts Inby Park swing on and how smooth it is and the great tempo that she has. Shout out to Adam Scott for, you know, recognizing the talent on the LPGA Tour because talent's talent. I don't care what tour you're playing on. So I just found that really interesting. That's my final thought. So there you go. There you have it. Bob, wish you were here. Andrew, enjoy the monster. Andy, we don't even know where you're at. But, Christian, we know where you're going to be next week, and you're going to hit it long and straight because it beats you hitting it short and crooked, bro. Bro. (laughs) Bro. You only have one opportunity to sell your golf property. Shouldn't you partner with an expert that offers you 30-plus years of golf industry experience combined with the reach of a global leader in real estate? Collier's International Golf Brokerage and Advisory Services understands your unique business needs. Whether it is brokerage, management, and consulting, be reassured that the market leader in the business of golf is providing you the real answers and practical solutions you deserve. Contact Golf Talk Live co-host and Collier's Golf Advisory Services member, Alan DePew, today at 717-554-8519. That's 717-554-8519.